Welcome back to Creative Outcomes. If this is your first time here, we work with nearly 100 creative agencies and studios, and we bring you the inside scoop and spill the tea on what makes the best the best. Subscribe to our channel and turn on notifications to keep up with our latest hacks. On today's episode, we are continuing with a mini series where we're discussing different types of incentive compensation. If you missed our last episode in the mini series, we talked about sales commission, who it works for, and how it works. On today's episode, we're going to tackle profit sharing plans. Uh, cool. Thanks, Andrew. Uh, you notice Meredith looks a little different today. We have Andrew uh, sitting in. Thanks. Uh, so anyways, for today's episode, we also have a guest, uh, client and personal friend. I've known Tony for the better part of two decades, uh, Tony Cox. Tony runs an independent wealth management practice down in Atlanta, Sage Mountain. And uh, he's the first guy I turn to, we turn to for all sorts of questions around wealth building, retirement planning, that sort of thing. So for this particular topic, we thought Tony would be the perfect person to come in and shed a light on some of the things we're talking about. Andrew has described Tony as the kind of guy who knows so much about a topic, he can spend 30 minutes talking about it and feel like he's maybe only spending five. Uh, we don't have time for that. So unfortunately, today we're going to get the Cliff Notes version of Tony, but we're very lucky to have him. So Tony, thank you. Welcome. Yeah, it's, it's great to be here. Honored to be invited. And I think, uh, I think... I don't know, for better or for worse for both of us, it's probably closer to three decades uh, at this point. <laughs> yeah, the bald hair, I guess, probably gives it away. Yeah, this is probably. <laughs> All right. Um, cool. Uh, welcome. So, Watson, we have Tony here with us today. But before we really get him involved, uh, let's set the stage. What is profit sharing and why are we talking about this today? Yeah, so we've been talking about a bunch of different forms of incentive compensation, profit sharing, probably the most common one that we hear about uh, in our uh, within our agencies, profit sharing. And I use that in air quotes mostly because I think for the most part, when uh, when our clients and even us in some cases are talking about profit sharing, what we're really doing is we're describing what is ultimately like a discretionary annual bonus based sort of loosely or sometimes formulaically on Profits, right? Which is cool. We have one of those at Upsource. Annual bonuses are a great way to uh, to compensate employees, great way to incentivize the, the thing that you care about, profits, and also the thing that enables you to pay the bonus, profits. So it's a good thing. But uh, while we are generally talking about this discretionary bonus plan when we use the term profits, profit sharing, profit sharing actually is a real thing. Like it has a strict meaning within the context of like the IRS and RISA. So Tony, um, rather than me try to explain it, why don't you help us out and, and tell us like what, how do the real profit sharing plans work and like, what's the benefit? Why, why do they exist? Why should I care about them? Yeah. So, uh, I, I guess without getting too in the weeds, a profit sharing plan is it's a type of retirement plan. So like a 401k, uh, you know, like an, like an IRA, uh, it's just another type of, of retirement plan. And I know, I think kind of we'll get into later what, what some of the benefits are, but the uh, you know the gist of it is it, it's a way for business owners and, and their employees to to save more money, either tax deferred or uh, you know or, or tax free depending on if you use a um, a, a traditional or or a, a Roth plan. A profit sharing is always going to be um, traditional, but uh, so you know you're going to get a tax deduction on the on the business side. Um, it's not going to be taxable income to the employee, and then you know that'll grow tax deferred over you know until kind of retirement age and uh and um so you know there's obviously pretty strict limits on what you can put into iras what you can put into a 401k and so it's just a way to to, to save more in a really kind of um, tax advantageous way 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and I, I know I, I know less about this than I wish I did or I should know, but you've referenced as part of this, you know, so again, it's a, it's a form of a retirement plan and you've referenced the concept of a profit sharing plan as a component of a, a traditional IRA or a 401k. So is that how I should think about profit sharing plans, that they are a component of these existing uh, retirement plans or are they standalone uh, plans themselves? Like how, how do those two things relate? Yeah. So I would think about it as again, add on to your, to a 401k plan. And so it's, it's, uh, again, there, there, there's limits and I, I'll try to try to quote them here. I think this year, uh, an individual can contribute something like $20,500, I think to a, to a, a 401k plan, your employer can, can add some onto that, but with a profit sharing plan, it's going to be in the same account. So it's going to feel just like a 401k. Um, but again, with what kind of higher contribution limits. And so it's, if you actually, if your business has a 401k plan, you may already have a profit sharing plan as part of that and, and not even really know it. It's just going to be kind of part of the same documents when you, when you, uh, when you set that up. So I guess one follow-up on that. So it, it, it sounds like then, okay, cool. It's a, it's an add on to the, whatever existing 401k or sort of retirement plan. And it, it feels like the primary benefit would be the ability to contribute more than you otherwise would be able to, uh, you know, under like the traditional 401k limits. Is that, is that the idea? Yeah, that that's exactly right. So, uh, you know, a, a lot of plans, it, there's all kinds of different ways to set up your, your 401k plans, but you know, a traditional kind of way to do that would be obviously employees can make their own contributions up to a limit you as the business, owner, depending on how that's structured, if you're a W-2 employee or, or K-1, and that's probably beyond the, the scope of this conversation, but let's say you're eligible to receive to, to receive contributions uh, or to make contributions, then, um, you know, there, there's limits on that. And then the company often is going to have some kind of match on top of that. So that could be, you know, a flat percentage of, of people's uh, income up to a certain level. It could be a match, uh, you know, and you can figure out for, for your own uh, kind of situation what's the best way to structure that and what kind of incentives you you know you you want to create uh for for everybody but uh but this allow a profit sharing plan is going to allow you to contribute more on top of that so it's going to be an employer contribution uh in addition to kind of whatever match you're you're already making so um and and the limits are going to be higher so i think again it depends on on your age and it can change a little bit kind of from year to year but whereas you can contribute as, as a, a business owner, you can make an employee contribution of up to about $20,000. I think it's $20,500 this year in a profit sharing plan. You should be able to get up to closer to $60,000. I think the limit's 56,000 or right in that range this year. Uh, so it's, 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 it's quite a bit, quite a bit more. No, that all makes sense. Um, appreciate you going into that detail, Tony. I will follow up with a couple additional questions there uh, based on what Ryan had asked. Uh, so it, Definitely clear on the advantages there. It sounds like owners who are part of the business as well as the employees are able to participate in this program. So obviously there's different um, salary tiers there and we know that you established some of the thresholds and requirements, but does everyone need to make the same from this plan? And are there any other important things to keep in mind, um, like discrimination testing maybe? Yeah, so discrimination testing is really important. And as part of this, you'll, you'll have... Uh, you, you'll want to work with a, a, a third-party administrator to help you do that testing and, and administer the plan, assuming it's, you know, if, you, if you've got, 
you know, one or two employees, it may be something that, that, that you could do on your own. But for a larger firm, you know, you're going to want to have a, a third party kind of experts help you with that. Um, because if you, you know, if you, if you mess it up, there can be consequences, obviously, for, for the whole plan. So, uh, so not a but no, in a profit sharing plan, not everybody has to get the same contributions that that's one of the benefits, again, depending on kind of what you're trying to achieve. It's not you can't give every dollar to, you know, to the owners or to the top couple employees and not contribute anything to your other employees, but you can skew it much more than if you have just say, you know, a, a match of 4% of, of income or whatever, like that's 4% for everybody. And that has to be the same for everybody. So, and, and that is, that is one of the ways, um, you know, so the discrimination testing again, without kind of getting too in the weeds, there is going to be around like how much the owners or the senior employees can have in the plan relative to everybody else. So it's something to be really thoughtful of, like if depending on the, the size of your company and obviously how much the, you know, the, the, the owners make relative to everybody else, you can get into what's called a top heavy plan pretty easily. Uh, and, and it's not even about what the, the company's contributing, but just what the employees themselves are contributing. If you're putting in, you know, the max every year and your employees are putting in a thousand dollars or something, you're, you're going to run into these top heavy issues pretty quickly. And you're going to have to basically take some money out of the plan to correct that. Um, so there are ways to avoid that, that issue. And it is the discrimination testing you, you, you referenced. You can, uh, have what's called a safe harbor plan. There's different ways to achieve that. But uh, one of the cleanest ways is just to make contributions of a certain size, I think about 3%. And that, don't quote me on that. It may change a little bit. But, you know, if you make employee contribution or sorry, employer contributions to your employees, um, even if it's not a match, it's just a, a, a direct, like we contribute 3%, whether the employees put a dollar or not, um, it, then you, you have a safe harbor and you don't have to worry about those, um, those, those top heavy rules. That's really interesting. So, um, and I don't want to take us necessarily down a rabbit hole, but we've kind of like loosely, you know, as I think about um, retirement plans and profit sharing plans, there's a few reasons to do them. One of which, uh, you know, let's call it the primary reason, of course, is to provide a benefit to your employees and incentivize folks to come, stay, perform great work, those sorts of things, right? So that, that's a huge benefit of the 401k and a profit sharing plan is, is uh, you know, one of the sort of many ways that you can do that. Um, the other um, is, you know, we've, we've referenced the idea of owners and not always true, but often uh, this, this business is a wealth building vehicle for the owners of those agencies and retirement plans and profit sharing specifically is one way to um, do to build and retain wealth in a sort of tax advantaged way. <laughs> And, and I, you know, so there, there is a thing that I've seen, um, Tony, I know that you have seen where uh, you have owners that have somewhat of a unique relationship to their business. So rather than, hey, I'm an owner and I individually own my shares in my LLC, uh, what I have seen is I, as an owner, I have a personal holding company, right? So I own shares in my personal holding company and my personal holding company owns shares in my um in my LLC or whatever. And, and I use that to create, you know, a, what might be like a personal uh, retirement plan for myself. So anyways, like any like context you can add to like that strategy for a, for an owner of an agency who might want to consider that, like, what's that all about? What have you seen? Yeah, no. So that, that's definitely something that this, that's worth looking at. And for a lot of our, clients that, that we work with that own businesses or owned businesses, 
um, and you know maybe they have a, a consulting firm like uh, now or you know something like that. Um, and as you said, they they own that through an S corp. Uh, yeah, you you can really take advantage of that. So you have to be careful. Again, there's rules around like common ownership. You can't just say, well, I own 100% of my agency and I have 20 employees. Uh, so I'm just going to set up this other business and I'm going to run all my income through there. And that's where my retirement plan is. So I don't have to make any contributions for your employees. It doesn't work that way. But if you're, if you're a minority owner, uh, and again, there's like, there's different testing rules uh, around that. You want to talk to an expert kind of in that area to make sure you're not running afoul of, of any of those rules. Um, but yeah, if you think about you have a business and then you have say in, in, in an LLC or an S corp that owns your share of that business, like that S corp is, is a business, right? And so it can have a retirement plan. And so you could, uh, again, depending on kind of your, your overall ownership structure, say, you know, I'm going to have kind of my, a, a retirement plan here that's, that's for my S corp. And maybe, you know, to, if you get kind of further down the road, you, you, you know, you're an employee there, but then you know, if you have a spouse, they could be an employee of, of that S corp. If you have kids, they potentially could be, um, and and so that it just creates additional opportunities to to have a plan there, contribute again e- even more. And you know, if if that's kind of your your goal to get as many dollars as possible into these tax advantage accounts, um, it's a that's a great way to do it. Amazing, it all really is. All the different pieces that loop in there. Um, Tony, I know we've talked about this topic quite a few times, but I continue finding interesting pieces to take away every time. So really appreciate you always uh, giving explanations and stuff there and answering questions. So even though I know we could talk on this for hours, (laughs) let's cut it there. If we have owners, though, who are interested in some of the things we talked about today, what would you recommend they do next? Uh, Do you have any resources that you could point them toward? Yeah, so there, there are some, there's some, you know, I mean, like anything, there's some good online resources, uh, depends on how complicated you want to get. So if you have, again, a business that's just a sole proprietorship, you could potentially set up a plan, you know, on your own using some different resources online. Uh, I, I would recommend looking for a, a, it's called a TPA or a third party administrator, um, generally not too costly. And this is, this is their business. This is what they do. So they can help you understand how much you can contribute, even things kind of beyond profit sharing plans, like define cash balance, define benefit plans, a way to, to contribute even more on a tax deferred basis. Uh, and they can help you think through those things and what's the cost and how much would you need to contribute to, to make it worth it, help handle the discrimination testing. There's tax filings that are required, which get more complex once you get above kind of certain asset thresholds. Uh, so I think that's really the best, the best place to start. Uh, there's a lot of different groups that, that do that. I, I probably won't name like any specific ones here, but um, I'm sure you know people people want to ask what you try to point them in the right direction. Cool, awesome. And obviously, if you are in the need for high net worth uh, wealth management, I can personally recommend uh, Sage Mountain and Tony Cox. So, um, anyways, awesome. Thank you. I think that's a wrap. I really appreciate it again, Tony, for joining everybody. Thanks for listening. Obviously, for more on how to build a profitable, sellable agency, subscribe to our channel. Check us out on social media, Upsource, and. See you next time.